Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of bringing on the show Mike Pazorski today, a psychic medium from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Mike is someone that I, when I looked at his information, it resonated really well with me because of his background. Uh, someone who has psychic abilities and gifts, but takes time to understand the path and the journey that the universe intends for you to take. Uh, Mike is from Wisconsin, as I said. He started having psychic abilities and mediumship abilities at a very early age. And while growing up, Mike maintained as normal of a life as possible while trying to cope and adjust to becoming a psychic medium and pursuing this as his primary path at this point. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Mike Pazorski to the show. Hi, to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you on. I um, We're doing something a little different today for the podcast. We're starting to do a video podcast as well. So that's, I really appreciate you being my first real guest on that for, for this purpose of the show. Um, just be, I, I want to welcome you and, uh, and I want to thank you for taking your time for an interview today. Yes, for sure. I, you know, it's great to, to do this and to connect this way too, and to be able to share some of these experiences. I love sharing it. So it's great to be able to do that. Let me start with a, a, a basic question. When you first be, realized you had mediumship abilities, mm -hmm. what is the first memory that you can recall when you first th thought to yourself, this is real. I'm literally encountering something that very few people understand and most people will probably question what I'm picking up on. When was that first experience for you? And well, and you about the, it? that first experience happened when I did my first reading. So I had an inkling about it because of the experiences I had previous to this reading kind of leading up to it. But when I did this first reading, I remember I was sitting, I was doing a workshop and I was sitting across from this gentleman and I was giving him a reading and his grandparents came through. 
And I knew their names. I knew what they looked like. I knew their personalities. I knew how they were connected with him, that the relationship and how they passed and all these things. I just knew about it. And I could, I could sense them there. I could see them there with him in, in my mind's eye. And it's just something that after that point, I knew that there's no way that I could have known that about this guy and all the information that came through. So I'm like, okay, this is legitimate because I, I don't know this person. I've never talked to him before. Like, how would I know that? So that would have been, oh man, that was when I was 18. So that was very earlier on. That's when I just started doing, started being introduced to the subject matter more. And that's when I started to kind of do it a little bit more and pursue it more. Yeah. What was the scariest experience you encountered? I'll give you an example <laughs> for me. My grandfather, I was actually in Wisconsin when I had my first experience ever. Um, oh, okay. My grandfather passed away and I was in Baraboo, Wisconsin on a job for a deposition in 2004. Yeah. In the and that's where my grandfather came to me in a hotel room and opened me up and, and gave me the spirituality that I've since enjoyed. And I wanted to ask you, what's the scariest aspect for you that you were um, earliest experiences? I think it was definitely pretty terrifying earlier on in my childhood. Um, I had a very hard time sleeping in my own room for a while. So I would, most nights I'd be sleeping either on the floor in my parents' room or in my sister's room, which is kind of embarrassing, but um, I would just feel spirit. I would sometimes hear them. Um, I had an experience seeing a spirit in my home. So that scared the living daylights out of me. Um, like this, those experiences off and on earlier on when I was younger and it was kind of just a, a lot of it. I don't think there was like one in particular experience that was just like frightening. It was all kind of, it was all kind of a little spooky, a little freaky. So that was like a big part of my childhood as I was growing up. So I would have to say like just a mix of experiences. Was there anyone in your family that you found had intuitive abilities, but never really discussed it? And then you discovered oh, yeah. it later on? Oh yeah. My mom, for sure. She, she had objective experiences earlier on too, more, probably more than I had actually. Um, so an objective experience is, is seeing spirit like full on, like I'm looking at you, like with your physical eyes. Um, and she had an experience seeing her grandfather who had passed away just clear as day of seeing him when she was younger. And she also saw her dog that passed away too, which is really interesting. And dogs also come through during readings as well. Um, but she saw her dog running right through her living room when she was younger, you know, so she could relate to me a little bit. And she was a huge support. And my, my whole family was, um, but my mom was someone I could relate to I'm like, okay, maybe we're both completely nuts or there's like something here, but at least I'm not alone in this. Um, so I could really, <laughs> I could really relate to her and she understood it a lot. And that actually kind of awakened her a little bit. And then she started to pursue it pursue it more too yeah you know one of the things i'd like to say is dreams became a, a a pretty big focus for me as i began my journey in realizing my own abilities what impact did you find dreams to be for you in terms of guiding you and leading you along the way dreams yeah it was i had some pretty wild experiences with that too um when i was about 18 when these things started to happen more uh with like astral projection um, like coming out of my body, things like that. I was able to, like, I remember having dreams like flying, you know, I could just like start running and take off. 
um, which is really amazing. And I felt there were times where I could actually control my dream, like what I was, the experiences that I was having. I remember having an experience. I was like in another world and like I could, these colors were so vibrant and so amazing. Things like that floating around my hometown, like looking at different places, like just, yeah, I definitely had, those experiences were really strong. I would say when I started to embark in this path more, every once in a while I'll have it now, but I think with an intention and focus, people can actually, can actually do that and tap into that if they want to. That's pretty amazing. Tell me about your experience with Psychic Monica Strong and why is it relevant in your path itself? She was what I, what I would consider like uh, like a guide, like someone here that was that introduced me to it. She gave me a reading when I was eighteen, and my mom. So my mom had became like really interested in the psychic stuff and and mediumship, and I was like didn't want anything to do with it because it it still freaked me out a lot. Um, but she like coaxed me into getting a reading with this woman never met her in my life didn't know who she was she didn't know me um and she just I went to her my mom uh organized the reading and she just knew things about my life like my current situation things that were going on in my life um and they were very exact and very clear it was very clear to me that like she knew things that she couldn't have known so I found that like really interesting I thought it was really amazing and then she went on telling me that my calling in life is, is mediumship. And that I was going to help a lot of people around the world to, to do this work and to, and to share this. And that, that was kind of like my calling, my call to adventure, if you will. Um, and that was introduced to me when I was 18 and it just, you know, it just felt right. Like intuitively, I couldn't explain it, but it was like, okay, well that makes sense because of these experiences I had earlier on in my life. Like, you know, I'd go to school and I would tell my friends this and they would think I was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what is your house haunted? Or like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, so it was like things like that. And it just made sense to me. And then it was about a month or two later, I had that first reading, which I just explained earlier. And it happened so naturally and it felt natural. And it felt like I was in the right place in my life. Like I felt like I was right where I needed to be. So I even through the struggles and everything else, through the development, every time I did a reading for someone or every time I was in a workshop, it always felt right. Um, and I got really, that that feeling really became clear to me um, as I was doing this. So like what she had told me, it just resonated. It made sense even, even after, so. I love the way you're describing this, by the way. And I wanted to ask you, because we were talking before we started our interview and I asked you about your background with sports. Can you show our audience what sport you played when you were, when you were younger? Basketball, yeah. So you were my, part of it. Good. My whole life. I mean, since like fourth grade all the way up to okay. 12. So, yeah. So, and you mentioned friends growing up. You had you were part of a team. You probably grew up in a, in a, in a small town. Not a small town, but probably everyone in your school knew each other kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Catholic school, like 300 kids or something like that. Yeah. Kind of reminds me when I was in college, my fraternity brothers, I I, I want to ask you this because coming from the reference of my life, I didn't become intuitive until I was in my early thirties. So my twenties and teens, I got vibes, but I never really openly discussed it. So all of a sudden then I started having these experiences and a lot of my college friends who remember me from when I went to university of Tampa, they, they, they're very skeptical, obviously. Yeah. They, they think of me as the person they remember. 
And I wanted to ask you, how are your friends reacting to you pursuing this path when they knew you beforehand and what's been their reaction? Well, when I first started doing it, they all thought I was a crock. And I, you know, I was also skeptical too. So I was bought into it because of the experiences I was having, but my friends who I was surrounded with at the time, they definitely did not really believe in it, maybe a little bit, but there was an experience that they had a part of with me. We were at a, we were at a party, we're all drinking, having fun and stuff like that. And this, this one kid comes up to me. So he is my age, never met him in my life. I don't believe he knew me. Um, and I don't think he knew what I was doing with readings or anything. I didn't have anything on social media. I didn't have a website at the time. And a couple of my buddies were standing right alongside me. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, Hey, he's like, I don't want to sound weird or anything, but I had a a friend. I don't remember if he said a friend or a cousin, but someone that he knew passed away in Iraq. And he was like, I can see him. And he's telling me right now that you can speak to him. And my friends were standing there like, oh my God, like, they're like, well, you met, you know, you met another crazy or whatever, like you can go talk to him for a while, but they, they all saw that they're all a part of that. And I'm like, see, like, I'm not making this up. Like these, these experiences like just happen. And I, I don't know, I couldn't really explain it fully at the time, but you know, that was something that they were kind of exposed to a little bit. So, Yeah. Have you seen these type of experiences increase as time goes on for you? In other words, do you see just synchronicity um, when things happen? You can't explain it, but for uh, the coincidence, and it's not really a coincidence at all. But have you had search situations where you just, for example, you drive to go to the, the, the store to pick up milk and all of a sudden you're running into somebody and next thing you know, you're giving them a reading about their deceased loved one. Have you had those kind of experiences increase as you pursue this path? I wouldn't say that they increase. I think. It, it happened more so these synchronicities and how things played out and how things worked out happened way more earlier on for me. Now it's like, now not so much, maybe every once in a while. But I would say that those things kind of happen more like that story that I just shared happened more earlier on. Um, but I can't think of anything like in particular that happened uh, like as of late or the last couple of years. I mean, some stuff. Uh, but nothing like crazy, but the experiences the first couple of years were things like that, that had happened. That was like, wow, like this is unreal. So what is your viewpoint on time, time, space, continuum? The reason I ask this question is because when I read for people, deceased loved ones come on from the, come back, you know, they communicate from the other side. And a lot of times they'll tell me that time doesn't exist and that times are human construct, but it's not, the way they view it. And I wanted to see what you, you know, what you, what you think time is and space in our 3d world compared to the spiritual. Well, I think time, time in our sense can be kind of destructive actually, even with like, you know, doing future readings for people and psychic stuff, um, which I feel can be very helpful, um, obviously. Uh, But I think um, when it comes to time for us here, we can definitely get too caught up in it, always anticipating the future, worried about the future, not living in the here and now, um, and not living in the present moment. Because even through my spiritual awakening and delving really into that aspect of it too, uh, we only have the present moment. We only have like this moment here. So it's to make the best of that and to live in that moment as much as we possibly can. 
um, because past and future, you know, aren't necessarily real. I, I really believe too, that we can kind of manifest what we want in our life. It's not, I don't think we're destined for everything to happen. I think we have a, a lot of control over that. And we do, we have, I believe in free will. Um, but I do believe there are some things that are, are meant to happen. But as far as time goes, our loved ones in spirit are in the present moment. There isn't there. I don't believe there is time there. It's not like, you know, well, next Monday or next Tuesday or whatever, I'm going to be doing this in the spirit world. It's not, it's not like that at all. We have created that and it's actually been kind of destructive in a sense too, but it's, it's best to learn how to live in that state of presence because our loved ones are, are living in that continuously. And I feel like that's what we're, we're meant to do here too. In some sense is to come into that, to let go of time, to come into the moment, come in the present moment, because that's when we can really live our lives and be free of, free of suffering, free of nonsense, the mind chatter, things like that. So absolutely. That would be my, my viewpoint on like time. Yeah. And we're living in very uncertain times and with COVID and the pandemic and everything that's going on, I wanted to ask you, what is your view of where we are right now in reference to your spiritual background as a psychic medium? What do you think this is all about and where do you think we're headed next? Oh man. Well, I think as far as like, um, spiritual awakening goes, I think more people are coming into that. And I think is with spiritual awakening to it, people have different meanings for it. People have different understandings. You have, you know, awakenings, um, when it comes to seeing spirit, having synchronicities, having vision, psychic stuff. But I think there's another aspect to spiritual awakening to that may even be greater than that as well. Um, which I believe is really coming into presence, coming into the now coming a lot of what Eckhart Tolle speaks about. I don't know if you've read any of his books or know about him. Um, but he really speaks about that inner dimension and coming into stillness and presence. And I think more and more people are coming into that realization and understanding that we, who we are isn't essentially who we are. Like, Mike, I, this isn't really me. It's just a temporary human experience that I'm having. Um, and who I really am is, is outside of the mind, is outside of thinking and personality and things like that. So I, I believe that people are coming more into that. And especially with everything going on, um, it's like pushing people to, you know, either you want to keep suffering like really badly, or do you want to start to live a, a better life? And I think that suffering is a, is really the portal into that more. And as things are happening now in the world, um, I think people are being faced more with that decision of, I need to get my you know, life together or things are just going to keep heading in not so good of a direction. Um, so I think that is more of a, a, a pressure, if you will, um, a decision for people that's happening. Cause we're all like over the last year, like just being home, like in the house constantly, um, great time to meditate. It's <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful opportunity for that. So I think in that sense, it's been a, a really great opportunity for people as well. So I was, uh, I was talking to one of my friends here in Tampa where it's 86 degrees and the rest of the country is really cold right now. And I was talking to someone, I was like, wow, it's almost a year since I've been literally living in this little bubble called my house and very uh-huh. infrequently go out to see anybody. And I feel like I've been a hermit. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been quite a, quite a trip for me personally. And I, I will say that one of the things I did more than anything else was meditate, meditate, meditate. 
and yeah. pray. And wow. uh, I want to ask you, looking back on your own personal experience during the, the, the lockdown and everything, what what was your your most profound spiritual revelation during this experience for yourself? And while um, good, I was gonna say while you're thinking, I'll, I'll make it a little easier for you. For me, it was my ability to let go of the past and negativity that anyone may have caused me, and learning to forgive people, even yeah. even in, in the, you know not necessarily to them directly if they're passed on. Like I meditate. I'll think back to what happened, like with my dad, for example, and then I'll forgive him or I'll forgive this person or that person. I, I kind of had this like revisionist moment in my life and went through yeah. took inventory and, and, and did like mass forgiveness to let go of the negative baggage to move forward. Yeah, I think um, it was a it was a great opportunity for me um, personally to delve more, not so much in my development mediumistically, but my inner purpose, my my awakening for myself, um, that, that kind of just happened. I, it's not, I didn't even really set an intention or, or, you know, um, have an intention to do that during the time. It just kind of worked out that way. And it, it was just coming more into just being in the now, just being present and, you know, doing my meditation. I've been practicing meditation for almost five years now, daily doing that kind of just, it, it gave me an opportunity to get a better look and perspective of my life too. And things that I was focused on things that I could be doing a little bit more, um, like self-love, um, caring for myself a little bit more, all that kind of thing. And I really did dive into, uh, a lot of awakening type stuff and learning more about it. Um, learning about the, the mind and learning about who we are and, coming into that being into that presence more and more. And I started practicing that more too, not just when I was meditating, but you know, when I, before, when I'd get in my car, before I would drive off, just be present. If I go for a walk, not thinking about this or that or the other thing, but actually just being there with nature or just being with each step that I'm taking and, and cultivating that in my life. And I found that to be unbelievable. Like, after like a few months of doing that, like my things started to shift a little bit. I stopped thinking so much and I'm like, wow, like I, I actually have a choice not to think about things. I can actually be present and, and free from that. Um, but, you know, so sometimes emotional appeals, you know, surfaces and it's a practice though, but I found that the more that I'm practicing at these spaces with just feeling really good without you know, without drinking or smoking or whatever, not needing anything externally that I can actually experience that naturally within. Um, so that was huge. That was big. You know, yeah. interest, interesting. You say that I, I notice this is the one unique experience about the past year is that everybody's been dealing with it. It's not just a one, yeah. one person situation or a regional situation. We're talking about everyone on the planet collectively shared this upheaval that we we are calling 2020 and 2021 and everybody's going through it personally. And so for myself, I know I always have this feeling of sadness. I have to overcome um, when I, you know, watch the news and see people are dying and all these uh, things. What do you yeah. think for yourself being spiritual? You, you, you do to cope on an individual basis to overcome these challenges, you know, sadness, yeah. depression well, or frustration or whatever. Right. Well, I think mainstream media is not helpful. I don't pay attention to it at all. I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm not going there. Um, so I, I do my best to, 
eliminate things in my life that I know that aren't healthy. Um, so it's not just like, you know, when I talk about health, like eating good and, and being hydrated, but it's like, it's stuff we take in, like mainstream media can be really destructive um, and not helpful um, for people and anyone, not just people who are, you know, empathetic or, you know, have sympathy for people, but anyone at all. Um, I don't really follow it. I don't go into it, whether that makes me a bad citizen or something, I don't know, but I just don't do anything with it. But like, you know, understanding the the inner purpose that we all have, I believe that everyone has an outer purpose, right? We have things that we're meant to be doing, whether it's, you know, being a lawyer, a psychic, a medium, a doctor, whatever, stay at home mom, people have a calling to do something. Um, but then there's this calling within too, that we all have that I think people miss out on or like, don't fully come into. And I feel that anything in the external is great achieving success and really becoming known in some way in your profession, being really great is fine. But I think honestly, what's more important than that even is that inner purpose is coming within. That's what's important. That's what I feel is very important, but that's what I would say that this whole uh, spiritual awakening thing is, to be honest. And, you know, practicing presence, practicing meditation, yoga, body awareness, things like that anyone can do to help them step out of their own thinking and mind for a while. And uh, it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. So that's what I would, I would say. And not everything that's come out of this has been bad. Like, I don't mind working from home, doing these kind of Zoom interviews, or a lot of the stuff I do in my day job as a lawyer is through the computer. And I I think there's a lot of things we could do to simplify commuting, traffic, congestion, all those things. And so there's positives. And I feel like, too, our personal lives have been simplified by not having to commute, sit in traffic, and deal with all those external variables. I want to ask you, looking at going into the rest of 2021, what have you found for yourself to be one of the most comforting aspects of what's ahead? Well, a lot of us look at the current moment and we're trying to get out of it. We're trying to move forward. What do you think is the most comfort, one of the most comforting aspects of 2021 coming up that you feel is on the horizon that most of us probably haven't seen yet? Uh, man, I don't know, to be honest. I can't tell you that. Um, you know, what, what you're saying, though, too, along the lines of like this whole Zoom thing um, and being able to connect with people online, I think that's really great. I think that's a positive. Um, for me personally, I would have to go travel um, about, you know, two hours every week nearly to do a mediumship development circle. And now we can just do it online. So it's like, that's really nice. You know, I think just coming into this awareness too of zoom and online presence and people being able to work from home and 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 being able to connect with more people online i think that's that's comforting and good to know um, because you can have more time for other things and not spend so much time traveling if if that's not something you really want to do and you can do it like this like right here um i think that's a huge plus and and a really positive thing people can really look forward to as we move forward so and as we have these technologies, the world becomes a smaller place, a more connected place. I feel like with Zoom, we can sit across the table virtually with each other. Yeah. Meeting anytime. Yeah. And it, it feels like that right now. I mean, you know, so that's, it's great. 
we're virtually sitting across the table from each other. And then we not only have an opportunity to take this conversation and put it on a podcast platform so that gets dispersed, but then we can put it on other things like YouTube and social. I mean, it's it's really interesting to think. I know a lot of people are saying about the negative aspects of, you know, social media and stuff, but there's a lot of positive oh, yeah. it that are untapped. And that's oh, where yeah. my confidence comes in the future. I think we're going to be more connected, more aware and more alert and more conscious of the things that we have going on in our lives yeah. going through the past year and a half going forward. Yeah. That's what I think is going to be. Absolutely. I mean, it's great. I, I can still do readings for people like all over the place. Um, if, you know, I, I did a reading for a guy in Australia uh, <laughs> right over Zoom. So it's like, it's, it's awesome. Maybe we'll connect with people that way and, you know, taking courses and even within my own development, I don't have to go to the UK. Um, I could just be right here in my home and, and do this stuff. So it's amazing when you think about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your website because I want to make sure we have an opportunity. If anyone in our audience wants to reach out to you, how will they find you? Mm -hmm. And if you can just talk about that a little bit and then talk about what you have coming up for yourself, if you're going to be giving any kind of events or anything, you feel free to, you know, share that with our audience where they can, you know, yeah. contact you and stuff. Yeah. So you can find me at meetmikepazorski.com. Uh, there are, there are my services. I do phone readings, in-person readings. I also do zoom uh, calls like this as well. Um, I have an event coming up April 2nd, which is going to be a Zoom. So that's open to the public. Uh, anyone who wants to join and come in, you can find that on my website there. There are more details there as well. And you can also email me at mipazorski at gmail.com if you want to reserve a spot for that. Excellent. Uh, while we were talking before we did the show, one of the things I could see you doing is having a book. Can you share yeah. with the audience if you have any plans to have a book? And if so, what? type of topic you're going to be uh, touching on. Yeah, I, I do plan on having a book. I Over the past year, which is another really great opportunity with COVID, um, I kind of took that opportunity as well to kind of sit and get some ideas going because I do want to write a book. I want to be able to share these experiences to the masses, really, um, because I know that there, the book I want to do is going to be my experiences, some development stuff, and kind of explaining, you know, teaching about the subject matter a little bit more too. And I think it'll be really helpful for people that have lost loved ones, obviously, but for other people like me that, you know, is going through some sort of thing like that to be able to see like, oh, okay, like he had these experiences too. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, I just, I know things that, you know, may not seem normal to society, but it's, it's a very natural thing. Um, so I think that helping people in that way as well I want to have, my plan is anyways to have it done maybe by next year. Um, the rough draft, I've gotten pretty far in it, but I'm just, you know, just creative insights, any wisdom that's coming through, I'm just pouring out on, on paper almost daily. So trying to get it all out there. That's super exciting. I, uh, looking at your path and what you're doing, I know with my experiences, when I give readings, I feel like my vibration just right rises. And if I'm having a bad day and then someone asks me for some psychic advice or guidance, or if I pick up on someone's loved one, it, it, it'll give me endorphins. It's like when you work out and you get the runner's high, Oh yeah. when I, when I, when I give a reading to somebody, let's say I'm not having the best day for whatever reason, especially with recent times, anytime I've had a spiritual experience where I give readings, I always get this 
sense of comfort and peace of mind and ease. And, and I know when I tell people I read for, sometimes when I read for them, I'll get themes that are common in my life. Like the universe through synchronicity is letting me see other people's examples. So I pay more attention in my own life as a reader. And I wanted to see if you've had any experiences like that, or if you've had any other observations being, a, I guess, being a, a psychic in a human body, you know, we have our human experiences where we have our days where we'll wake up and we'll doubt ourselves or we'll be frustrated about something. And then, you know, you get reminded that you're not just human and you've got to turn off that doubt and that ego and, and, and uh, your id and, and focus on the larger matter at hand, which is helping someone else and helping someone else in need. I want to see what your opinion was on that or your observation. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, like doing mediumship readings, like when it goes really well, it is a high, like <laughs> it is like, this is incredible. It's not like, it, it, it is amazing. You do get that like release or you get that like high feeling when you're in, when I'm doing a reading for someone, when the connection is happening, I'm just like in this, it's beautiful. It, it is really amazing. Um, and, you know, when it comes to helping people in like any way, whether it be psychically or mediumistically or spiritually or counseling or whatever people do, um, you, you really have to work on yourself in some ways. And you have to be able to kind of let that stuff to the side and come into that. And I think practicing meditation, practicing body awareness, stepping out of thinking really helps along those lines. But I have found even like if I am going through struggles or whatever in my life that when I am doing readings, I somehow I just just flip out of it and I'm be I'm able to be present with people and um, and help them that way, which is it's really great for me. It kind of gets me out of a rut sometimes. Yes. Um, and to be able to help people, it's it's fulfilling. It's like you get a, it's it's a fulfillment type thing. Um, and I you know I've really have been working hard on over the last few years of chasing that chasing fulfillment trying to be of service in that way because i know that that's what really you know that's what makes me happy um at the end of the day um kind of putting people first in some way um when it comes to work anyways but on the flip side of that you got to fill your own cup up too and and be happy and do things you enjoy doing as well so it's very it's a balance i you know it it's definitely come comes with that so um, yeah, helping people and, and getting this out, you have to really be able to separate yourself from that stuff. So in terms of where you see yourself in like five years from now, compared to where you were five years ago, what do you think you're going to look back on and see as the biggest change in your life? Wow. Um, you know, five years ago, where was I? Five years ago, I was, I believe I was still going to school uw milwaukee or i was just exiting out of it um i started coming into realization that this isn't for me i'm not supposed to be in school um up until now there's been a lot that's happened and i think really my goal for the next five years is just to come keep coming more into my own abilities to sharpen them to really get the most out of it um and i think Five years from now, I will be traveling. I think I will be having events and shows. Um, the book will definitely be done by then, at least I hope so. Um, and I think this will be really, I think I'll really be coming into it more and more over the next few years. So that's my goal anyways. 
That's oh, great. And I, I asked that question because sometimes as a psychic, it's like taking stock of your own of your own life and seeing where your goals are and what you want to do. And, I, and I, I know you're relatively young in terms of where you are in your life and you have the ability to make the greatest impact because of time ahead for you. And yeah. so I could see that. I think uh, it's great that you have the path you're taking right now. Do you have anyone, I guess Monica might've been somebody, do you have anyone who's personally come into your life? I have a, a best friend of mine who came into my life. I met her at a wedding in 2016 and she heard about me for like 10 years, but we never had our paths cross mm-hmm. and she persuaded me to become an open psychic. <laughs> so that's wow. like, like, you know, like a muse. Do you have any muses yourself that uh, my, my best friend, Megan was my muse and she's spiritual and psychic herself. Now and we mentor each other. Do you have anyone like that in your life that you would attribute your own successes and, and, and forward progress to? I mean, yeah, my mom was a huge part in that. Uh, she was able to kind of ground me or, or help me with it. Um, and kind of point me in the right direction too. I've had so many people both in this world and the next world, um, that have helped me. Um, and we need that. We, we need that support, that help. Um, and I, I really do feel that there will always be someone there or, or some sort of help that if it's needed at the time will come to you. Um, but I would say my mom, I've had many spiritual teachers help me along the way. I took a year long shamanic study. Um, that was, that was incredibly beneficial. Um, my fiance now she's super supportive, helps me with it. She's also intuitive. So she understands it to some degree. Um, I, I do have a lot of support and a lot of help from people close to me and, and things. I'm very grateful for that. You know, it's interesting because uh, I still have my law practice I do, but for that's the reason why I waited 10 years because I was practicing law in, law in states that are very conservative, like Mississippi, Texas, Alabama, and Florida, for example, yeah. where I felt that if I was an open psychic at that time, 10, you know, in the early 2000s, that it could impact my reputation as an attorney. And it wasn't. Until, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, this guy's representing me on an insurance claim. <laughs> and then after hours, he talks to Aunt Betty, who died 10 years ago. And yeah. is, is it wasn't until I started doing this podcast that I became open about it because then I started having guests on the show and I was promoting it. And my regular friends and people in all aspects of my life through social media learned about this stuff. It's still kind of low key yeah. for me, even though I'm more pronounced about it. I keep the two separate. And are you working any separate careers or are you focused exclusively on the psychic mediumship that you've been pursuing? So you probably don't have as much of a challenge. Yeah. Right. I'm not full-time um, doing reading. So I do, my dad, uh, he owns a garbage hauling company. So I work a couple hours in the morning mm-hmm. um, for him and help him out with stuff like that. Um, and then the rest of the day, I focus my energy and time with this and, and developing this. So yeah, I think people who are definitely embarking on this path and this journey, I think earlier on, it's, you know, you should still have something like that for income. We need money, we need to eat and survive and things like that. Um, and then I think that over time, it evolves into, you know, if you're meant to really do this, that it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also that entrepreneurial aspect of it, too, of like, you got to work, you got to put the time in. You have to, you know, the spirit world can't do everything for us. We have to put our energy out there and expose ourselves like we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> and then impose things and, and really share that aspect. And that's not always easy because, you know, you have people who are judgmental and skeptical. And that's all part of the, this calling is like you have to be willing to accept um, that aspect of it, too. Um, but 
yeah, as of right now, I am doing that. Um, and I do have plans on doing like going more into like event style type things. And I'm sure as that progresses along, I, I can let go of the, going to the, my dad's place and, and do more of me. So <laughs> I, uh, I was, I've been blessed. I have a very supportive family as well. And friends are very supportive. And so that helps a lot, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I do think it's interesting when you have your spiritual awakening and then you start doing this and then you still have your human job. <laughs> you still have to go back and earn the income and do something to make ends meet for now. Right. Uh, two things I'd recommend as we're talking, I pick up energy as I told you that when I was talking about your book during our call, I really do think you're going to have a very uh, strong online presence for yourself going forward in the next year or two. And you're going to wind up doing your own either YouTube or podcast or something that you're going to brand yourself with. So don't be surprised when you see that coming up for you. Awesome. Very yeah. positive stuff. Um, let's, let's, let's just discuss a little bit about people who are skeptical, because those are my favorite kinds of people to encounter. And I don't have them as much recently. The path the universe has not been putting those people on my path as they did when I early, you know, first started out with this stuff, when you're probably the most unsure of yourself. Right. What has been the most challenging experience you've had with anyone who's skeptical to date? And how did you react to it? And I'm going to give you a, a, an anecdote here for myself. I've had situations over the years where I'll have people who are skeptical and I'll pick up on something and they can't explain it. Right. And then later on, those are the people that actually become the most ardent spiritual people over time once they understand that this stuff is real and that you can really do this kind of thing so i want to ask you what 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 have you found with that um well i think that um i mean i I had situations where people came to readings and and were you know after the reading was finished it went really well things came through they're like wow that that was incredible and they would tell me things like you know like i googled this to make sure you weren't full of crap like that you weren't you know probing us or trying to ask us questions or trying to do some sort of way in which, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, and I think that people have found when they came and see me that like, it's not like that at all. Like they're not giving me any information at all. Um, they're just giving me yeses and no's and I'm the one relaying them the information. So even people who have been skeptical have really come into that awareness themselves of like, wow, this is real. Like, cause there's just no way he could have known that. And they've even done their own research on their end with it, trying to, you know, trying to see if I was legitimate or not. So I've had that before, but I think, I think what people have to understand as a whole that people who are cynical or skeptical or whatever, I think those people fail to really understand and know that this work is so impactful to the health of our society that they, they just don't, they don't see that they don't, they can't comprehend it or understand that, which is fine because quite honestly, if I didn't have the experiences I did, I would be very skeptical. And I'm serious about that. Like I would be very skeptical on someone telling me that some loved ones are with me or saying things about my life. But since I had the experiences, I just know you you kind of come to that knowingness at some point where it's not a belief anymore. It's an, it's an, it's felt, you just, you just know it. Um, but I think people who are skeptical, I think it's important, but I think people need to be open to it as well, because it helps so many people on such a profound level. People have left readings with me that changed their life. And that's pretty profound. And I'm not being like no. mystical or like saying I'm the one doing this because I'm not spirit is really the one doing it. I'm just, I'm the conduit. I'm being open to the information. 
Um, but I think people miss out on that aspect if they completely close down to the idea. Well, as I say to you, I completely understand what you're talking about, where you feel that moment of, wow, you know, I'm an instrument and things that come through me really can help people. And once you shift that focus and you take it away from yourself, because I, I, I think there are some psychic mediums or psychics in general where unfortunately they let their ego take over sometimes and that can corrupt their own yeah. self-concept and those kind of things. All right. But if, if you're really challenged to be spiritual, you got to ground yourself. You can't say, oh, my abilities and my gifts have done X, Y, Z. Like you, you said it very humbly and very appropriately. And that's how I feel about it too, is if yeah. anything, this should challenge us to be as humble as possible to realize that the things that we're doing can have massive impacts on people's lives. But it's because we represent an instrument of spirituality, not necessarily the end to the means kind of thing. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I think it's important. I think like you, you come more into those abilities, too, when you, you see it as a thing of like, OK, yes, the abilities are there. If you want to call them gifts, fine. But the, I think the true gift of it is the experience is like it's a, it's a miracle, like loved ones coming through. They're still around. They're still with people people also having the experience I'm having the experience. So it's like this three-way connection type thing that is like the gift in itself. And I think that people who do this work, they can see it from that standpoint. Um, you know, they won't get too trapped in their own ego and thinking I'm this amazing person and I'm so gifted and all that kind of thing. Cause really you're not, you're not special. It's just something that um, you're called to do and, and share it you know, and share it with people. You know, that's actually a great point you make because as I started doing this podcast and getting myself out there, I've learned just how many of us there are out there. <laughs> when you look at modern technology and if you were to put psychic medium and Google, you'd have entries the last few from now till the day you die probably. It's just so many of yeah. them. Now the question becomes just like, you know, good teachers, good doctors, good police officers and lawyers or whatever proportionately how many of those people are ethical and good and you know aren't there to take advantage of people or try to do you know immoral things and that but that's a small percentage if as long as everyone there is doing what they should do and well, you know that, that prompts me to ask you something i thought about when i started doing this on my own as a member of the bar i have a bar association that regulates me with ethics and all these things as an attorney and mm -hmm. there's a lot of regulation and when you look at psychic mediumship or psychics there's no organization like that. There's no set standard that standardizes, uh, you know, set guidelines that standardizes what an acceptable psychic mediumship practice is, you know, what to charge or how to conduct yourself and confidentiality and all that. And uh, I wanted to see, what are your views on that? Do you think in the future there might be some type of, of a collective body that self-polices itself and issues credentials and does educational things? Or do you think it's going to be more fragmented because it's still not understood as a discipline by our government and by our authorities that be. Yeah, I think, I think it's a really good point. I think it's a great idea. Um, I do, I do think that there are, there is one organization out there now it's called the uh, psych best psychic directory. I think Bob Olson, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I think I've looked it up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think he is really pushing that aspect of things of the ethics of the the moral standards and i i know he actually has a class for any if any mediums watch this and the psychics for you too he actually has a class out there and all of that kind of stuff like the evidence he talks about really getting the evidence clear and he's not actually a medium at all 
um, he became very interested in the subject matter because of his dad's passing. So he went on this investigation to investigate psychics and mediums. And he was a private investigator prior to uh, this whole spiritual aspect he took on. Um, so he has a whole course on that, which is really great. And I think that people, yeah, people should come more into that, like the ethics of it, the morals of it, um, seeing the importance of, of helping people in this way, charging uh, that was covered, you know, prices. I think that will also be up to the individual, depending on, you know, what level you're at with it um, and things like that. Um, but I think the most important thing that I feel that mediums and psychics should know is that this takes years of development. Like this isn't like, you know, you take a workshop and boom, you're off, you know, off to the races and doing this full time. Like even for me, like I felt this came very natural and it did, but it's years. It takes so long to cultivate it and to, and to bring that in. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that people will kind of fall into a trap, if you will, of not failing to realize that this really takes a while to cultivate it, finding the right teacher or teachers for you. Um, I think that's huge. I think people should really focus on the development aspect and learning from someone who has 30, 40, 50 years of experience and, and really learning from them rather than thinking they have all the answers to everything that they need right now. Um, and maybe they do, I don't know, but it can't, it can't hurt to, to learn from other people that have, have the experience, but man, I don't, I mean, it's possible. I think it's possible, but I think that is coming more into reality here as far as like a criteria and, um, you know, the evidence-based type things, um, and the morals of it and the ethics. Um, but I think a lot of that also comes from just a mentorship or learning from someone who's been doing this for a while. Um, and I think another aspect of it too, when it comes to like the evidence pieces that really dropping this whole idea of needing certain pieces of evidence. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but, um, the, the best readings that have happened for me, if it came naturally, just mm -hmm. being open, like not, not putting an expectation on it, not having like a set goal for it, but just allowing loved ones in spirit or for psychic readings for someone's soul to really speak to you in a very natural way instead of trying to control all of it. So on a, on a reading level, there needs to be more natural. It needs to be more open and not so confined to a certain criteria or a certain way of doing it. But I think then on the the flip side of, of actually organizing the stuff, I think there, that could be something, you know, possibly in the future that could be helpful for people to learn more about. So that Bob Olson thing, if people are interested in that's really great, great way to do that. Uh, you know, interesting. I think we're in a Renaissance spiritually because of everything we've been going through, I think society is becoming more accustomed to being able to be comfortable with their spiritual side when people pass over from COVID or, you know, some hurdles, uh, all the uncertainty created, I feel like that will have a desire on the part of the masses to want to seek reassurance, clarity. And I think that's where really reputable and good psychic individuals can serve a very strong need for the public right now to give that reassurance where they don't get it elsewhere. And right. I think once we have the Renaissance occur and it becomes more widespread that there is a spirituality that we a lot of times don't pay attention to or focus, I think that's when we'll have this standardization occur and, and you'll have a, a better professional aspect of it down the road. 
personally. I just wanted to ask your opinions right. on that because that's something that, and, and like you said, it takes it. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. When you brought up the fact that you should try to find someone who has like, you know, 30, 40 years experience or, or whatnot. I was thinking what we say with medical or, or dental or law, any profession, you always say you practice it. And a right. lot of times people say when they practice it, that they're the experts and all that it's assumed. But the reality is when you practice, you're humble and you're saying, look, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to make mistakes as a psychic medium, meaning yeah. uh, whatever that might be. But right. when you practice, you'll stumble, you'll pick yourself up and you'll continue to move forward and grow. And that's right. why I think a lot of psychics should look at as well is that we don't have all the answers. We're not going to always be perfect. We're not always going to be spot on. But when we do and it's ma- and it feels like it's magic sometimes for us yeah. because of the benefits of it, you know, personally right. and everything else. So. I, I just, I love to, I love to find out what another person's viewpoint is based on your own spiritual experiences. Yeah. That. And I, I think too, going along those lines as well, that with what you're saying that even these readings um, it's never a guarantee. Like um, that's an aspect you have to accept too, that it's not, it's not a guarantee that things are going to flow really well and everything's going to come into place with a reading. Um, and just like bringing that awareness to it too, in some sense, I think that happens more on a rarity type thing, but yeah, it's, we're not perfect. We, we're, you know, um, we don't have all the answers and, and things like that. And the whole development and practice thing, uh, you come more into that with doing deliberate practice and with doing more and more readings and it, it does get stronger, but mediumship is this lifelong, uh, progression you, you never really come to a point like i've i've completely mastered it every reading that i'm doing is going to be 100 perfect it's just not going to happen absolutely absolutely and, and i love that you say that because that's the reality of how i look at it too it's not always gonna be 100 perfect i'm going to do the best i can do with it and let's see where it goes absolutely yeah each time yeah. um i know we're running low on time and i just want to thank you for coming on but i want to ask you one last question and my questions as such i always ask this on my show uh, especially to spiritual guests, if you were a spirit animal, and I know you mentioned you study shamanism, if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? And if you want, I can go for it. Oh, um, man. I, I would say like an owl. First off, I, I would, that was my, that was honestly what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Say yours. Uh, probably an owl. I would, I would <laughs> say an owl. I think owl was something that showed up earlier on as far as like kind of synchronicities and, and spirit. I, I have a animal spirit guide book right now um, that, you know, if I see a certain animal a few times and this might sound a little crazy, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll like look into it. And it's so strange because like, it'll say almost exactly what I'm going through at that time or what I should focus on. It's like, Holy crap. Like that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, or an Eagle, uh, the Eagles. Right? <laughs> I love that one. Um, probably an owl or an eagle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of an inside joke here. Don't ask the psychic medium to pick a spirit animal when you'll probably pick it yourself. <laughs> at the yeah. time. No, joking. no, joking. Cause like my psychic friends that I'm close with, we always like, we'll say things and then we'll finish each other's sentences without realizing it, that there's synchronicity involving when you have spirituality and, and you're aware of things. And yeah. I'll go, I'll go with a new spirit animal and I'll say that I would probably go with bear if I didn't pick owl and that's because of them being rugged and being able to master their, their environments and having functionality and, and surviving. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to do spiritually is get through all the hurdles of my life, survive, move forward and, and, and grow and master my yeah. work. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. 
Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a refreshing interview today to ha have you come on and share your experiences with our audience and your insight. And I, I want to thank you for, for, you know, coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I love sharing it and talking about it and all that. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to thank Mike Pizorski for coming on the show today. We're doing a new format for the podcast, uh, starting to do Zoom interviews and, and, and putting this on the Social Psychic YouTube channel as well. A um, couple things about Mike, as you can tell, he's got a lot of knowledge and experience in terms of his, even with his age, it doesn't matter your age. You could be an old soul and you can know a lot. And I, I really do think that Mike's going to go places. There's a lot coming up for him that'll be very positive. I want to thank him for coming on the show because for me, it's important to, to highlight different psychic mediums and people who have these experiences so that members of our audience, I have a lot of people always ask me, you know, I get premonitions. What should I do? I can't meditate. How do I handle that? Or I have people on the other side that I pick up on and it's, it's really weird. And I always tell people, look, you know, you could be psychic, but the, the main thing to understand is everybody's got these gifts, if we want to call it gifts, everybody's got some type of openness and it's the comfort of pursuing it and with ease and understanding it's not something mystical that you should fear or be afraid of or, or, or worry about. And that's why I think someone like Mike or myself or any other psychic medium out there should serve as an example to let people know that we can do this and we can master it. And the other side isn't as evasive as we think it is. The spiritual realm is just the next spot for us. Check out Mike's website meetmikepazorski.com. And it's nice to have uh, this type of experience and share with our audience. And I, I want to thank you for, for tuning into the episode and checking out the show. You can go on, uh, email us anytime at info at the letter D socialpsychicradio.com. And uh, feel free to give us any feedback about episodes or any guests that you think you might like to see on the show or returning or anything like that. Thank you very much. And until next time, Stay connected, stay positive, and always know that we are living in a spiritual world. Thank you for Thank listening you. to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind. Embrace your paradigms and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Electric acid. 